Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm never gonna dance again. The way I dance with you. I'm your Alex. <laughs> this week, we're talking about Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. You couldn't have paid me enough to try and sing that. <laughs> Are you sure? Yes. Okay. <laughs> So, The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, directed by Peter Jackson from 2002, has a 95% critic score and audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. How and, does that compare to the first one? Uh, four points higher on the critic score, and it's the exact same audience huh. score. This one is the highest rated overall of all the, really? the Middle Earth movies. Interesting. It's not my favorite, but, you know. I don't know. I want to go ahead and put a little disclaimer here. I'm going to be saying... I'll probably be leaning on the more negative side throughout this this episode. But y'all have to keep in mind. That's because this movie's so good... Yeah. That I, I have to think we're, about... We're working with the baseline of Fellowship and, and going from there. Yes, but, but I have to think about... Like, what are my actual problems with this movie? Because... Yeah. These movies are super good. Yeah. Like, my my grade for this will be in the A range, so whatever negatives or complaints I have with this movie, because I, I feel like it's going to be more, more negative in yeah. terms of my our yeah, conversation, yeah. yeah. Um, just bear that in mind. Anyways, Tyler, what is your best thing and your worst thing about The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers? I'm not going to make a joke, because this movie's too good for that. Didn't you make a joke for Fellowship? Did I? I don't know. I'm gonna say you did. Just this to, movie. Just all, here's a joke. This movie came out the same year as Attack of the Clones. <laughs> oh. Remember the worst Star Wars movie? Here's a joke. Hey guys, I thought that was the Last Jedi. Here's a joke. <laughs> this movie came out 15 years before Justice League. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> um, we should probably try and hold off on the DC DCU bashing because I feel like we should well, specify. No. Well, now for this particular franchise, True. it's going to just be new... it's just going to be Warner Brothers bashing. So yeah. it'll be related to, but it's not the same. Not necessarily. Not included. necessarily. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, because Warner Brothers, I have decided is the worst film studio. Correct. And the, the battle you... between Sony, Fox... I, we should really hold this off for the Hobbit discussion, but I'll, I'll, say, I'll, I'll just a, say a little a, bit. Give us an overview. Between the, the Sony, Fox, and Warner Brothers, maybe MGM, although MGM's just kind of there. Well, so Sony, Fox, and Warner Brothers, I think... I'm going to look this up. And Disney, of course, but yeah, Disney's actually doing things doing things that we like that for the most part which by which i mean they're paying us to say that we like their movies which is something we like very much of course um but anyway I've, I've decided warner brothers is the worst company not just because of the quality of their movies that's not it because we have to we have to look at them as a as a studio and a company and how they operate in their business environment mm-hmm. and i think they're super super messed up particularly with how they dealt with the hobbit both in terms of what they did to New Zealand and what they did to Peter Jackson. Universal is also pretty close to, to that range, generally. Yeah. So, I don't know if you have any hot takes on Universal. I don't, because I haven't seen the Fast and Furious movies, and true, true. the Dark Universe is embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, 
Moving on. We'll, we'll get into that with the Hobbit movies. And the Dark Universe? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I've seen The Mummy with Tom Cruise. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk about something good. I can't believe we haven't reviewed The Mummy with Brendan Fraser. <laughs> there are three movies, are plus, three movies. plus one Scorpion King there, spinoff there. that came out in theaters. Fair. Let's do it. Right now. <laughs> well, technically... The, at least the first G.I. Joe movie is canonical with that because it's the same director as the first two and then Brendan Fraser shows up and they claim that his character in the first G.I. Joe is a descendant of his character from the Mummy movie. That's amazing. We're reviewing the Mummy G.I. Joe extended universe. We're doing well, I feel like we, we could also throw in Van Helsing because that's also universal and it's also a bunch of universal monster movies or monster characters and it came out around the same time i'm less excited about this i i like van helsing it's dumb but i like van helsing then again the mummy movies are dumb what do you want best thing and worst best Um, thing and worst thing about the two towers also there was controversy around the time this movie came out because it was called the two towers sure sure. and of course it came out a little bit after 9-11 but a lot of people yeah it's the name of the book. Yeah. The book came out, what, like 60 years prior? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Not, not much you can do about that. Anyways, it's a fun fact. No. Continue. Um, my favorite thing... It's sort of like... It's not quite as strong as Fellowship, where I, I think I shifted between like five favorite things before set, settling on something, because there are just so many good things. I mean, there are so... I feel like the good things are more concentrated in this movie to a couple of, of key areas. Um, I think that's just naturally going to happen yeah. when the story splinters. Yeah. And you have three separate adventures sure, going sure. on. You're, you're bound to like one or two more than yeah. the rest of them. I'm just going to say the entire sequence where Sam is, is giving a speech. Samwise? Sort, sort of the climax of the movie. It's it's Yeah, and the music in the background is beautiful. It's, ah. Okay. <laughs> um, you hear it, heard it here first, folks. Hot takes on the two towers. Um, my my least favorite thing. It's the, the first act is a little long. We're, we specifically watched the extended editions. I should specify, and we I think we mentioned that last time as well. Um, That's what we're doing for all of them. Yeah, we're so we are for essence, better or for you, worse. You have an insight. <laughs> You have an encyclopedic knowledge of the extended editions and what is different between them and the theatrical cuts. For some reason. Somehow. So uh, I will defer to you if you want to have any opinions about which is better or worse. I just know that the extended, editions of, extended edition of this one, the first act drags on too long. Where I feel like the, in Fellowship, there's a lot of kind of interspersed stuff. I feel like in this one, the second and third act, there's less to take out. Specifically yeah. towards the third act, there's less stuff that can be taken out. And so they put in more, or yeah, they, they added more stuff. They had more time to kind of slow down and do some stuff. Yeah. In the first two, first half of the movie or so, and it's it's a little much. It's just it goes on for a while. It's hard to. It takes a while to get rolling, especially after kind of the the upswell of momentum and, and excitement at the end of Fellowship. How it's kind of like, oh, we're you know off to off to Mordor and like the hobbits have been captured and all this stuff is happening. And then this one's kind of like, eh, we're gonna take a step back for a second all things considered probably a good idea but my best thing is going to be Helm's Deep because that is one of the most amazing 
yep. just sequences ever put to film. Yep. It's one of the best battle sequences, anyway. Um, yep. It's just so well choreographed, and just everything's so perfectly staged. You, you know... There's perfect pacing to the battle. We always know where everything exactly, is. Yeah. It does a very good job of... But beforehand, it it shows you the layout of the, of the base, and then mm-hmm. uh, Saruman talks with, with Wormtongue about, um, you know, like, where the weakness is, and, like, yeah. it, it helps you to get a good le- uh, context for, for the, this fortress. Mm-hmm. And then the, just the build-up to it's amazing. And the elves show up. Is Thaden's speech at the end underrated? I feel like it is. Which speech? The the gives a couple. We speeches. ride for wrath and ruin and a red dawn. That's uh, not really a speech. That's that's really brief. I don't care. <laughs> Wait, epic. doesn't he say like the same thing in the third movie? Does he? Maybe he does. Yeah, but that one's like he says a lot more. Okay, than that okay. So maybe maybe I need to put a pin in that. Yeah. I just feel like with this with you know the first thing is always uh, there may come a day when the courage of men fails we have nothing but fear Which but is fear a- itself <laughs> um no but but yes that's i mean that's an amazing speech as well like everyone's speech at the, to, to everyone before the battle of minister and everything is incredible yeah i just feel like this is such a nice moment in this where he says that because it's just like i don't know it, it, it they're writing out probably they they think more or less maybe to their death they're not sure yeah. but they're just like we're gonna do this and and it's just these are the i feel the it's and it's amazing because they're from 2001 2 and 3 yeah um the 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 major army i mean really just 2 and 3 is if we're talking about major army battles yeah um these are the only ones where like i feel like the overall choreography and action and and just everything production value uh, the the only uh, battles put to film that rival game of thrones in terms of some of the battles that have happened in that show towards especially like the last few seasons yeah or like there's there's not much that scratches that itch yeah and i don't know that anything does it better than than this battle um just funny because i recently i i found a video was comparing uh i guess we'll kind of get into spoilers for avengers infinity war briefly not really it's in the trailer. There's a big battle in Wakanda where sure. they're fighting a bunch of aliens. And it's it's kind of similar to Helm's Deep. And sure. the, the video was comparing it and saying, well, for Infinity War, they probably could have should have utilized a few more of the story elements from, from hmm. something like Two Towers where there's just a real buildup of, yeah. oh, this threat is terrible. This army is terrible. They're, they're, yeah. They've outmatched us. And I, I don't know. That's I, interesting. I, yeah. Not, not to say I think any less of Infinity War now, but the video <laughs> it, had a point. Yeah, no, that's that's very fair. It's not quite comparable. Yeah, I would I would say it's not really going for quite the same thing. No, it's not. And plus, there's there's a lot more going on. Yes, like the focus of that movie at that point is not that battle. Mm-hmm. It's on all the Thanos stuff that's going on yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. Whereas in this one, the focus is not so much on the Hobbits and Gollum, or or the Hobbits and and the the Ents. It is pretty much yes, solely they, they focused on the battle quite a long time so time. much so that whenever it cuts away from the battle i'm kind of going get back to that dang battle <laughs> don't you do this which leads into my worst thing i think the movie is too long yep um that's fair i think very that, similar well unlike the fellowship of the ring i think that that one does better with a lot of the extended cuts uh, yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. Is that it's more it's more spread out as far as where things yeah. come in. It's little bits and moments that sort of because there are there are these huge signposts in that movie of like 
here's the big part. Like here, they get to Rivendell here. Yeah. Now they go to Moria, and there's the Balrog, and there's the the well, troll fight well, before just... the Balrog. And then like we go to a lot. Like there's very, it's a journey, so there's very yeah. like explicit. This is where we're going to have a thing happen. You can kind of fill in the blanks in between these. Whereas this is very much like we're getting, we're just slowly rolling our way towards the the climax of this movie. Well, I just feel like there's a lot of really good additional character stuff in Fellowship of the Ring mm-hmm. that I don't feel is as necessary in this one. Like, just for example, there's the there's the scene where um it's when Aragorn's escorting the hobbits to Rivendell, and he's like singing to himself at night, and Frodo yeah. goes, "Who the woman in that song? Who is she?" And and he starts talking about telling the story about this this maiden who's a, an elf and she Baron had, and Luthien. yeah and, and she <laughs> and, and she fell in love with a mortal and yeah. that's obviously he's taught he's he's really talking about himself and yes. Arwen but he's yeah. talking about it through yeah. the story nice character moment and then the additional bit where Aragorn's talking with Baromir kind of about what the path they should take and Baromir's mm-hmm. like let's go to Minas Tirith it, you, you don't believe enough in men what's wrong with you and Aragorn's like are you crazy I'm not gonna go within 10 leagues of your city yeah and that I don't know that comes around nicely with with the ending and kind of they have a reconciliation yep. i don't know that there's there's good important bits there and i feel like this one like marion pippin gets stuck in some trees yeah which is a reference to a thing that happens at the beginning of the the book portion the the all basically the the big chunk that gets cut out of the beginning of fellowship uh that's a reference to that it's kind of fun it's not really important it's not necessary um, yeah and even, like, um, Theoden's son, they, like, have a, his whole funeral scene. That's not in the yeah. the theatrical cut. It just cuts to him with the flower, and he's looking at the grave. Yeah. And he's talking with Gandalf. Like, we don't care about his son. Like, we cut out this five-minute scene. We don't need to see Eowyn singing. We don't care about his, that's his really, son so much as we care about Theoden's reaction to his son. That's really awkward yeah. with Eowyn singing. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> You have a weird. I, are you are you a, a, like like just just misogynist? Is that what you're getting at? Is that why you don't like things, character elements that relate to Awen? That's why because the last Jedi is women? the worst. That I makes hate sense. Women. Yeah, I, it, it's all coming together now. Hate them all. <laughs> <laughs> Even though every time Arwen or or Kate Blanchett show up in this movie, I'm like, oh hey, <laughs> I like those guys oh. or the, those ladies. Excuse me. That does lead into a point. I finish your point about the extended edition, but then I want to discuss Eowyn. I my my biggest problem probably is is just the Mary Pippin Treebeard stuff, just because I don't really care about that plot that much, which is kind of weird because uh, uh, based on the information I have, that's kind of what Tolkien cared about the most, kind of yeah. the the nature aspects of, of the plot, yeah. um, nature versus like machinery and industry, mm-hmm. kind of kind of that stuff, and I don't care. <laughs> They and, probably spend a little bit. There's, well, there's, there, there's a, a joke, joke about, oh, he's so boring, they're falling asleep because of his, his stories are so long mm-hmm. and dull. I'm like, this movie's four hours. Don't make a joke about that in a four hour movie. True. <laughs> Get on with it. And but I assume that's in the theatrical cut. That joke about. Okay. They, Interesting. They, they don't fall asleep. That like that whole bit's extended. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I got nothing. <laughs> But going back to Thaden's son, his funeral, real quick. Like, all. The point of his death is to show Thaden how far he had fallen and kind of, like, what he's lost. Mm-hmm. And how he can't afford to lose anything else. And, like, there's a. It's a very poignant scene between him and Gandalf where, where he goes, No parent should have to 
witness the death of their child. Like yeah. that's a it's a very poignant, sad moment. But but the, we got it there. We don't need yeah. the rest of yeah. it. Cut yeah. cut the fat that out. That was that was the exclamation point. Yeah, we, we don't need the yeah. And then the the weird bit at the end where the trees show up around Helm's Deep and the special effects don't look very good because yeah. it's special edition stuff. True. Um, and they destroy all the the orcs that are running away. We don't need to see that. But then it's not all bad because then we get moments like when when Legolas shows up and he's talking to Gimli and he's like, final count, 42. And Gimli goes, oh, well, sir, I've got 43. And then Legolas quickly yeah. shoots the, the orc that, that Gimli's sitting on. Like, 43. I just killed him. He was still moving. Yes, he was still moving because my axe is embedded in his nervous system and the body's twitching. Yeah. That is great. How much of that is, is that whole scene extended? Mm-hmm. Even the count, the counts, the final counts. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah, didn't know that. Like halfway through the fight, that they the counts are, are aren't a thing in the okay. story. Interesting. Yeah. And then, but doesn't that come back up? Does that come back up in the theatrical Return of the King? Yeah, but it, but it's just like new battle, okay. new counts. Okay. Um, and but but I like the bit where where Merry and Pippin after they've defeated Saruman, they find all of his his little special yeah. cellar of food yeah. and stuff. Because they've been the, complaining the, about, about pipe weed the entire time. Find and, the long bottom leaf. Yeah. Like, we shouldn't tell Treebeard, you know. Might be his ancestors. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, that's that's fine. That's fine. Yep. I don't know. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mixed bag in terms of the, the extended stuff in this movie. Sure, sure. Um, anyway. You find her a little creepy in this movie. Tell oh us yeah, <laughs> I do find her a little creepy. Just because she's like a complete Aragorn fangirl and to to creepy <laughs> degrees. Doesn't she? She she pretty much says I love you at one point, doesn't she? Yeah. Or is she like very it's, close it's, to it? It's, you know, it's it's like she's saying, "Hey, I love you" in the way that Gimli loves you. You know? Of course, that's that's what she means. It's very sexual. Well, well, I like how the, they deal with her very much by handling sort of the stereotype of women as they would be in that time yes. period where they're they're maidens mm-hmm. they don't they don't go out and fight and of course she wants to go fight like i like i love all that stuff and how that carries through to return of the king just get rid of the aragorn fangirl nonsense like it. I like uh, it. it's creepy well because i feel like it makes it that much more powerful when she's like eh, i don't need no man and then goes crazy in, in return of the king in a good way um it also goes back to my you are a good woman. I am good. Good men theory from from uh, countless movies from, that we've from Spider Man three, but going going through countless movies that we discussed, where I'm just kind of like attractive people. Uh, what I, are you gonna do? For, for me, it's more and this ain't just no attractive person. This is this is Viggo well, Mortensen. For, for me, it's, it. it's clearly there's no attraction from Aragorn's yeah. end. Like he's not. Yeah. It's not reciprocal. So she she just kind of back off and just chill <laughs> out. Especially when she goes. Who is the woman that gave you that jewel? <laughs> like she even asks about it too. I don't know. She's very clingy, and I. <laughs> I don't know. This really isn't that big of a deal. It no, just, it's not. It bothered you quite a bit throughout it, so I wanted to bring it up. Um. <laughs> like she, uh, when when they think Aragorn is dead, and then Gimli shows up to Helm's Deep and all with the rest of them, yeah. and she's like, "So few of you have returned. Where is where is Aragorn?" And Gimli's like, 
he fell and there's like a dramatic moment where she like turns and just stares like blankly into the distance yeah. i'm like you knew him for a day <laughs> but it's Viggo mortensen <laughs> i don't know good stuff <laughs> sure that's one way of putting it Speaking, speaking once, once again, once again, not a big deal. It's just something I noticed and I wish was cut out of the movie. Speaking of friend of the podcast, Vigo. Um, <laughs> Vigo Morrison is a friend of this podcast. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, the the bit where he, he kicks, this is a, a fun behind-the-scenes look for all of you. Who, that probably oh, everybody knows. Yeah, I was going to say who. Well, I don't know. I feel like you're the only other person. I've talked about this movie yet. Well, like every t- every other time person I watch these movies with, I'm like, "Hey, do you know about this?" And I feel like, like if any what? I feel like if anybody's listening to a podcast where we're discussing Lord of the Rings in depth, they possible. probably know about this. Very possible. Um, but yes, there's a bit where after they're 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 searching the pile of burnt orcs, and and Vigo, he he goes, "Is it is it Vigo or is it Vigo?" I think it's Vigo. Vigo sounds better. It really does. I don't know why I'm saying Vigo. That's fine. Um, <laughs> the part where he. He runs up and he kicks an orc head, um, and I believe the the exact story is that there's there's this orc head and it's kind of like sitting on a post, and he goes to to kick it, and like in the first shot that they try to do with it, uh, I don't remember, I don't remember exactly how that plays out. Basically, there's something where he did multiple shots um, after kicking this thing and literally breaking his foot, and they end up going with the shot where he breaks his foot. <laughs> But I believe they also did a couple of shots. I could be wrong about that. Like, that wasn't the last one he did. Oh, really? I, I think. It's something along... The, it's either that or it's like... They did one shot and they were like... Hey, can you just do that one more time so we can get just a little bit like closer to the camera? And then he does it again. And he's like... Ah! And they're like, that's perfect! And then he's like, I actually broke my foot. I just imagine Peter Jackson going... Come on, Vigo. Film is forever. Pain is temporary. <laughs> I like I like the difference between the 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 uh, moral philosophies that we've established for for Joel Schumacher being remember everybody it's a cartoon and then Peter Jackson is film is forever pain is temporary <laughs> we'll have to think about this and then he's making the Hobbit movies no pain is forever pain is very forever <laughs> film is dead. Alright, we should probably talk about Gollum. Yeah. Because Gollum's, like, the big... Introduction, big focus, yeah. big everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, re- it is really interesting how we don't see much of him in the first one, despite mm-hmm. the fact that he is such an iconic character for these. Yeah. Um, to, to me, it feels like they hadn't quite gotten the design down probably. perfectly at that point, so that's kind of just a little yeah. shadowy, yeah. super skinny guy. Great there's skin. not really a story reason to bring him into the first no. one. It's also neat that they don't have his like actual origin until the third one. I feel like that's a nice. We'll talk about that, but just just an interesting thing that they could have done here, but they don't, and I feel like that makes it more effective after we've kind of seen that. Especially because he does actually have sort of a character arc in this, where he like. No, we need a full prequel trilogy. We need the Gollum prequel trilogy. Spinning off of the Hobbit prequel trilogy. No. All right, fine. <laughs> The story, after the story, before the story. <laughs> it's like that stupid poster for the Amazing Spider-Man, where the the untold story <laughs> that you already know about. 
Andy Serkis is amazing, and I, it's it, it it's unfathomable how how the effects really yes. hold up. And y- yeah, yeah. Um, Jar Jar Binks was three years before this, mm-hmm. just three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. It's Spider Man Two or Spider Man Two. Spider Man One was the same year as this. Go back and watch the special effects for that movie. Yep. Like that movie or not, the special effects on that are dated. X Men. Similar, first X Men. Yeah, I'm thinking of like the the goo stuff with the the guy turning into water and like. Oh yeah, that's bad. Yeah, like or or Wolverine being thrown off the Statue of Liberty and he uses his claws Matrix style to circle yeah. back onto it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's amazing, and this really is. It's interesting how every time there's a movie with like amazing practical effects. Everyone is sort of like, oh man, that's, this movie's great because they used amazing practical effects. It's it's more because they know what effects to use and when. There's yeah. a ton of CGI in this movie. Like it's not it's not like the and it, the the big the most recent comparison I can think of is Mad Max Fury Road. It's yeah. another one where it's like looks very practical, looks very grounded. Ton of CGI in there that you don't really notice yes. because it integrates so well with everything else they've done because they they put so much effort into making sure this looks like a realized world before we have to go in and add the green screen yeah yeah it's just good mm-hmm. well it's just, just the very simple but effective way they do these scenes where he is like battling like Smeagol versus Gollum yes it's yeah. like just two angles yeah and it's it's different he's not like actually really looking anywhere yeah he's just like it's just angle one, angle two, yeah. angle one. Yeah. It's kind of like Willem Dafoe in the first Spider-Man where he's yeah. looking at the mirror. And, True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. Similarly creepy. Just, just the nice long tracking shot at the very end where he's talking to himself and you just like the camera just slowly pans and follows him as he's just like freaking out and crawling yeah. along the ground. Yeah. Great. I had completely forgotten that Gollum has like a full-on character arc in this movie. Because he gets to the halfway point, and you're like, oh, he's starting to come around yeah. a bit. He'll help him out. And then he gets captured by Faramir, and they beat the crap out of him. Uh-huh. And then he just loses his mind all over again. And he's uh-huh. like, yeah, I'm going to leave him to his giant spider. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. It's tragic. It really is. He has my sympathy. Or his empathy, I don't remember. Pity. There you go. No sympathy, because you are also a strange hobbit-like creature that is. Is he a hobbit? Is that it's supposed to be? I'm a little confused by that. It's supposed to be hobbit-esque ancestors of hobbits. Okay, the idea. I don't know how old he's. Because he's he's like a thousand years old at least, right? I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's supposed to be. What? Well, doesn't Galadriel say at the beginning of the first one is like for for like a thousand years it poisoned his mind or she says some dialogue like that? That would make sense. It's something like that. He's old. He's pretty old. And, and yeah, the idea is that he's like an, an, an older race of hobbits that sort of developed into the kind there is now. I don't know. It's not okay. quite supposed to be the same. Interesting. There's also a scene in this movie that's that's not even in the extended version where Frodo kind of glimpses himself as as a, if he were to sort of turn into a golem-like creature. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it looks like. I remember that that's on the the, the really huh. long thorough special features yeah I'm glad that's not in this movie either 
I think Bilbo freaking out and grabbing at the ring that's and enough. looking terrifying is, is enough. That's yeah. enough. Um, do we want to take it kind of kind of storyline by storyline? Okay. I, I feel like we should start with the Merry and Pippin stuff since that's where most of my gripes are. Sure. Um, there's just there's not a whole lot to. I don't know. I don't care that much for Treebeard. Like he's fine. Yeah. I think the special effects. Some of the special effects with the, with the trees are kind of the most dated things in the movie. Uh, True. I mean, they built rigs though, didn't they? Could yeah. I, am I wrong about that? Like, yeah. But even then, there's so there's like some green screen stuff that doesn't sure. quite work for sure. me, where it's it's them on on the the branches or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, you have some very specific thoughts on green screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like that's the one effect you most like criticize. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Anyway. Continue. Why do we even try making movies? I mean, if you can't get it one hundred percent, just don't try. I'm trying to think which director that that is their philosophy. James Cameron. Is it James Cameron? Yes. I guess. <laughs> That's I mean, true. Avatar you, two is I coming mean, out. All you the... may not think he goes one hundred percent, but he thinks he goes one hundred percent. I was going to say all Avatar two is coming out literally ten years after the first one, and Avatar the first one came out like. 10 years after he started working on it so yeah fair enough fair enough all right i'm on board <laughs> or kubrick the, that might that might that might play better that might be <laughs> that's not nearly as as much as i don't like 2001 a space odyssey he made the movie he wanted to make <laughs> i ain't gonna argue with that i like it like i said most of it boils down to i just think there's a lot of just walking around not doing anything and then eventually they get to like their little war council where they decide if they want to fight or not. Yeah. And even that, it's like there's a whole joke about it. What are you talking about? We've only just said hello to each other. I'm like, it's been all day. It's, it's, I bet. I bet yeah. all things considered, those scenes amount to a significantly smaller portion of the screen time, probably than than the rest of the storyline. The, the biggest but problem it's... for me is just. Especially like the, the the war council scenes, they they are in the middle of the Helm's Deep stuff. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. get back to that. <laughs> That's the best stuff ever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. It doesn't bother me quite that much. I but... I love them taking down uh, Isengard. Yes, the, all that stuff's fantastic. Yeah, which is kind of when I was talking about how the entire climax of this movie is just incredible. Yeah, with with they're they're taking out the the orcs finally, Helm's Deep like they. Rounding them up, yeah. Gandalf and crew, and they're destroying Isengard, and like, there's some good in this world, Mister Frodo. But it's worth fighting for. It's it's just it just makes me happy. That and the scene at the end where they're they're the Samwise the the scene that has a track on the soundtrack named Samwise the Brave mm-hmm. is where they where Frodo and Sam are walking through the woods, and Frodo's talking about how they're gonna he's gonna they're gonna talk about his fateful sidekick Samwise the Brave and then Sam's kinda like Samwise the Brave and then it's it's just the first thing that popped into my head as a joke was Batman's little speech at the end of Batman versus Superman men are still good (laughs) are they (laughs) (laughs) they weren't (laughs) and then the world just blows up (laughs) oh lord um but yeah Sam gets all. My, I, th- I think Sam definitively gets all my favorite lines in this trilogy, bar none. Okay, like he he is my I think probably my favorite character in any of these movies. And I don't know. I, I like Gandalf's little speech about like 
what what is beyond death to Pippin in Return of the King. That kind of sure like, that gets me. Pippin just such good movies. Yeah, I don't understand. I really don't. We don't deserve this. No, we don't. We really don't. <laughs> we 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 deserve the Hobbit movies ten times over. Really. They're the movies we needed, not the movies we deserved. Yep. <sighs> Alright, moving on. <laughs> I uh, just get I I'm I'm getting into a lot of long just silences where I just stare off into the distance and think about how much I like these movies. I you're gonna say you stare off into the distance and you consider how much you miss Aragorn. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so dreamy, dang it. <laughs> I would like to, to, to go ahead and take this moment to mention, because I was thinking of Aragorn in the part where he falls off the cliff, which I believe is entirely an addition for the movie, which it works. I don't really know exactly what the purpose of it is in the story, other than to just kind of build some tension. I don't know. Um, make, anyway. Well, it's a nice little moment where he, he kind of reconnects with Arwen. Not really, but, you know. Yeah. And then he, he, he sees the army, and he's, he's able to warn them. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There's a little bit yeah, of yeah, a purpose. Okay. okay. Um, anyway, but the, the bit where, where... Also, he has the best dramatic walk-in, like opening a door. Sure, sure. Like slow motion that the, I've, the, I've ever all, seen that, in that, my that, life. That's the, the, it's, it's worth it just for that. Um, but I was going to say... A plus. Friend of the podcast, Joseph, uh, who, who we had on for our 100th episode a couple of weeks back. And who hates us. And who hates us. Uh, he he wanted me to let you guys know that he gives it. He believes this is the best of the movies. He gives it an A plus, and he says the only thing that's wrong in the movie is the part where where Legolas jumps up on the horse with <laughs> in, 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 in like an, an, an air acrobatic flip. It's the only thing wrong with the movie. <laughs> that whole that that bit's just weird. <laughs> I really well the special effects don't even look that bad on it. It's just the physics that are involved make absolutely yes. no sense. I really would not have noticed a thing if either of you hadn't pointed that out to me at some point. I just find it amusing. I don't think it's I, good or bad I, either way. I, I, I'm just like, oh, it's a okay. cool thing. It's like let's get on a horse. It's fine. All right, let's go. Let's go ahead and talk about all the Aragorn, Gimli, Legolas, just all that stuff. What do we think about the the superheroification of of Legolas, where where they slowly just ramp up the the, the I mean, ridiculous things he can do. There's not a in this movie, at least. I feel like there's really, not a it's just that, and then this this the surfboarding down. Yeah, the he stairs. surfboards down the stairs on a shield, but it's like it's not CGI. Yeah, it's I don't know how they rigged it up, but like I assume they didn't just have him jump on a probably they just strapped it to his feet it. and had it through wires. Yeah, something like that. But either way, they did it. So well, it's also physically possible. Like in universe, we've already been presented with he's 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 very balanced. He can run on snow. Yeah, like he, he can run on top of snow while the others, like everybody mm -hmm. else, sinks. Even the hobbits. I don't. I don't know. It's fine. Yeah. I don't think anyone brought up that as a problem until. Well, it's just so weird because I don't. I don't have a problem with him taking on the elephant in in the third yeah. movie. Like, I think that's kind of amazing. Yeah. No, I I don't think anybody. Mostly because we get that still only counts as one at the end. Sure. I don't think anybody really brought that up as, like, an, an issue or anything until uh, 
the Hobbit movies came out, and then kind of try to use that to be like, well, he did the Oliphant stuff in The Return of the King, so it's fine that he can jump upstairs in a way that doesn't physically make sense. Um, Apologies, there was a car alarm going off. That's fine. It might come back. <laughs> Suspense. Yeah. Jaws 4, The Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> we should do the Jaws movies. That would just be a slow descent into what is happening. We'd have to watch Jaws 3 in 3D. Correct. <laughs> what yeah. other way is there? <laughs> um, yeah, it's... I, it's fine. I, I it's really fine. Have, I really have no. That's like, where you come to. I don't know. I don't have any opinions. I think. I think it looks cool. I, I just. I, I, I think that is something we all, we will have to keep an eye out for when we get to the Hobbit movies. Yes. To see what matches them. Yes. And, and really, what? Where do we draw the line when it becomes too ridiculous and just stupid? Right. Um. I don't know. I don't really. The Aragorn, like all all that stuff with with Rohan and and all that, that's for me. That's the strongest stuff in the movie. I agree. Um, it's the heart of the movie. I think. Yeah. It's a little weird that they let the the ugly, clearly corrupt guy get in there in, into the. Kings. No, I'm telling you, he 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 came in. He was looking all shiny. He, he'd taken a shower. He was looking good, and then he came in and he got in Thandon's ear. And then over time, he was just like, oh man, I I can do whatever I want here. I can stop. I can stop taking. I time. don't have to put on deodorant. Yeah. He's just like, eh, who cares? It's fine. <laughs> sure. That Othanian's just, like, secretly sort of blind. And so he's like, this man seems... <laughs> he looks at him and he's like, this young woman seems trustworthy. <laughs> Eowyn, you seem trustworthy. <laughs> Keeps thinking it's Eowyn. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, it's, that whole scene is great. The, the, you 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 discovered your new favorite non meme that you want to be a meme with. Uh, I told you to take the wizard's staff. <laughs> yeah, when when they they found the newly resurrected Gandalf, um, which I, I love the surprise. It's a huge fake out where yep. you think it's Saruman, but it's not actually him. I like that. I love quite the, a bit. The, the line too about I am Saruman, or, or as, at least, uh, as he was supposed to yeah, be. Yeah. yeah great yeah and they go to rohan and then he pretends to be a crippled old man and then they, they allow him in with the walking stick but with the staff and then he takes off the cloak and he's about to use it on theoden to to uncorrupt him and Wormtail is it Wormtail or Wormtongue which Wormtongue. one's Harry which Worm, one's Harry Wormtongue, Potter Wormtongue is this you Wormtail can't do this to me Potter. that's JK Rowling's fault okay so all right I blame her <laughs> I love those Harry Potter books, but come on. <laughs> Couldn't have just changed that one? <laughs> but anyways, Worm Tongue goes, I told you to take the wizard's staff! And then I said that like ten more times throughout <laughs> throughout our viewing of the movie. Yeah. Also, it's a nice chance to have all the characters get into a fist fight without, without all their weapons and stuff. Yeah. Like trying to take it's out neat. all the, the guards and henchmen. Uh-huh. Good. Thaden is great. Oh, yeah. He shouldn't have said, is this all you can conjure up, Saruman? Shot himself in the foot right there. He was asking for it. He was asking for that huge explosion. <laughs> Saruman was like, well, guess we're going to have to go home now. And then he's like, wait a minute. What did you say? 
What did you say? Say that just one more time, <laughs> a little louder. Speak into the recording, please. Nobody calls me chicken. <laughs> yeah. What do you What do you think of the the um the wolf dog fight thing where Legolas jumps up on the horse? What are, What are those those creatures called? The wargs. Okay. What do you think of that fight? Is that even in the book? I don't think so. Okay, so that, I'm, I'm that actually, whole sequence I'm, is just extra? Yeah, I'm sort okay. of rereading them right now. Um, I believe all of that is added in. Okay. I'll have, I'll have to, to... I would say part. probably out of all the action sequences, that's probably the most superfluous. Sure. But so, it's just it's just added tension. Yeah. It's fun. It's, it it breaks, really fun. breaks up the There's build. the bit where Gimli's stuck beneath the dead war uh-huh. and then an orc tries to get him and he... Uh, uh, snaps its neck yeah. and he's just like, oh god! And he gets, un- he gets trapped in terrible. Like two and then Legolas, yeah, yeah. Legolas shoots another warg on top of him. He's just like, oh god! Yeah. I don't think there's a lower half of my body anymore. <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Aragorn, Aragorn does some cool stuff. Jumps up on wargs and kills some dudes. I don't know. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Alright, what else about Helm's Deep do we need to cover that we haven't already covered? Then we can get moving on to Frodo and Sam and... The horn is epic. The horn is epic. The entire battering ram setup, I think it's super cool. Where it's like, you, you see the the, the troop... You, first of all, you see the crowd going up. And then also, yeah. like, or the crowd, like... What, what do you call it? The phalanx. Ph- phalanx. Words. Of, of orcs. They're going up with their shields, kind of, you know, marking, marching single file order. Yeah. Four by four. And they're going up the... Oh, my goodness. They're going up to the top of the... Uh, the the bridge up to the, the big doors of Helm's Deep. And then they start to pull out the battering ram or, like, move the battering ram up. And you see orcs falling to the side because, like, there's not enough room for them and the battering ram, and they're just sort of like letting orcs die horribly by falling to their deaths, right? Falling off the side of this thing, and like they, they, it's just, it's it's such a cool. I mean, I don't know. Like, there's so much of of these movies where they think about the logistics of what this would look like if you had these ridiculous grand scale armies with these different like philosophies and just. The the individual. I mean, it's the same thing with the, the Isengard destruction at the end, where you see little like there's there's orcs falling into the dam when they blow up the dams, and like there's orcs standing on all the structures when they're falling in. Yeah, the water's pouring in, and they're they're falling to their deaths or getting drowned or whatever in like the pits of, of Isengard. It's just it's kind of sad watching those orcs just scrambling as the, <laughs> the water's just about to come through and drown them all. <laughs> As they're stuck down in that cavern, and it's like, <laughs> you ain't getting out of this alive. <laughs> Sorry. It's, they put a lot of thought into it, and they, they they never lose sight of the fact that these are individual soldiers. It never turns into a big CGI mess, or a big... The, I, I say CGI, it's really just the big mess part that I'm talking about, but like, it, it just never turns into a... a something where you're just completely like taken out of the action you're just kind of watching this like oh some people are kind of fighting and i don't know i guess there's some arrows getting shot around and stuff like it's it's all very focused on what's happening at the ground level yeah. and how that's affecting the overall 
trajectory of the battle. Well, just going back to that battering ram sequence, once they start to break the door down, Theoden goes down there and starts yep. trying to fight. Yep. He gets stabbed, but he actually, <laughs> he makes an effort. And then, then we get the great bit where Aragorn has to toss Gimli because they yep. get a little sneak attack on the side. It's great! It's not just, like, compounding, like, oh god, we're losing, oh, we're still losing, oh, we're... There's, like, small victories throughout. Yep. And I, th- I think that helps to, to break the tin- or break the monotony of just, oh, they're just steadily losing. Right. Oh. Like, there's little heroic moments. Yeah. It, it helps. I love, too, the, the setup of the different ladders. How they, they yeah. have, like, the siege ladders that go up, and then they keep knocking them back down. Yeah. And then they have the ladders that are, are attached by grappling hook to, like, yeah. the taller areas of the, the yeah. fortress. And they pull those up, and that's terrifying. And yeah. It's just, like... Arwen apparently was supposed to be a part of this fight originally. Sure. I'm glad they cut her out because <laughs> that would have been dumb. So I guess what, what would that have meant for like the rest of her stuff where where Elrond sends her away to go to the Undying Lands? Because that kind of ha- that's that's like her bit of the movie. Yeah, she's just like I don't want to go, but you should go. All right, I'll go. Like that's the very condensed, <laughs> the super condensed version of what happens to Arwen. I feel like I need a summary of you, uh, summary from you of the entire trilogy. Like just, All right. I need I need you to, to in to five minutes. Up. Yes, just the entire Lord of the Rings franchise, just, including the Hobbits. But then there's this girl called Eowyn. She's She's Theoden's niece. She's all into Aragorn for some reason. Then Aragorn's just like... For some reason? <laughs> all right, because he's Aragorn. Sir. And then Aragorn goes, you you cray, get away. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, I am no man. And it's like, oh, good. now I like her now. <laughs> I am good man. You are not a good woman. <laughs> um, yeah. What were we talking about? Oh, R1 being in the fight. How do, right. how do we feel about the, the other elf who's like the other guy that we know from the first movie? <laughs> and kind of shoehorned. And he gets that's, a, that's, a weirdly dramatic death? That's Beckett from Pirates of the Caribbean, right? No, it's not Beckett. Is it looks like looks like Beckett. Or does he just know, look like him? It okay. looks like him, but it's not him. There are like three villains of Pirates of the Caribbean that all look exactly the same to me, and I don't know what the difference between them is. Javi Bar- Javier Bardem, Bill Nye. Yes. And that guy. Yeah. And Jack Sparrow. <laughs> and Kira Knightley. Correct. Because her and Natalie Portman and Allison Brie and Rose Byrne, they're all the same. They're only they're really nice, only two, nice little callback. They're only two actresses in, in Hollywood. They they keep disguising them, but there's only two. It's the, it's, it's that set and, and then, then it's the Jessica Chastain, Bryce Dallas Howard. Oh sorry, 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 there's three. There's three, sorry, there's three because it's the excuse two of them. Me. And then there's also uh Brie Larson and uh, Elizabeth. Who's the girl from Cloverfield Lane? Well, is it uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead? Her, and then um, um, <laughs> I've been, we've discussed this before. How I can't, I keep like not being. Who's so so? Who who's a, a girl from God. from the Tom Cruise movie? D- live die repeat was the Emily Blunt that yeah I feel like I'm playing like a like a party game like <laughs> one of those taboo yes that Hollywood <laughs> actress yeah yeah it's it's Emily Blunt and Brie Larson and, and uh, starts playing the family feud music 
do 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 those are the three Hollywood actresses they all just kind of like put on different wigs and stuff and I buy it trick you yeah and then there's Melissa McCarthy and that's we're not doing Ghostbusters just ruling that one out Oh just, no, the, no, no! The Ghostbusters is the SNL actresses. They're TV. That's they're all they're all the same actress, but they're on TV, so it's fine. Oh, okay. okay. Good, good. Okay, we're good. Okay. This might be the most misogynist segment we've ever had on this podcast. And most of it was coming from you. You, you, you. Started I started this. it. You finished it. <laughs> this comes from a legitimate place of getting those three. It's, it's the it's the leap. It. It's the Lee Pace line from the third Lord or the third Hobbit movie. You, you started this. You'll forgive me if I finish it. No, I won't. <laughs> this can't help. No, I won't. You're just smoking pipe weed. You won't do it. <laughs> A triple dog dare you. <laughs> Torched. <laughs> and, then, and then Bilbo just runs in. Got him. <laughs> Face just stands there going, What? <laughs> anyway, if you don't know who Lee Pace is, you'll be completely lost on what I'm talking about. Lee Pace is a central character in this podcast. So. <laughs> he is the central character yes. of this podcast. We need to change the name of this <laughs> podcast to the Lee Pace Podcast. Here comes the Lee Pace. <laughs> there you go. What were you talking about? <laughs> The guy who dies. I talked about Arwen. The guy who dies in the battle. Oh, that guy, yeah. And then how all Hollywood actors look the same. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how I feel about, about the way he goes out. Because I'm, I'm just thinking about like a normal uh, theater goer. They don't know who that guy is. I mean, they don't, but He's they also... He's not in that first one at all. They cut out the whole scene where they're they're trying to get into, um... What, what's the place the Galadriel's at? That they're... Mothlorien? Yes. The whole scene where, where they're like, Frodo brings great danger, we're not letting you in. And then Aragorn has to argue with him. Uh-huh. Like, that whole scene's cut. Like, they, they literally cut where, um... They get them cornered with arrows yeah. in the forest. And then they're like... Your dwarf breathes so loud. We could we would have shot him in the dark, or could have yeah. shot him in the dark. Uh, th- then it kind of just cuts to them in Lothorian. Yeah, and then that's all we see of that guy. Yeah, um, like if you're a normal theater goer, you you don't know who this guy is. Yeah. Like when I, when Aragorn lovingly hugs him, it's like, who are you? I don't know. I feel like these movies. I I was just thinking this in general that these movies would be. I feel like they'd be very hard to keep up with if you weren't fairly familiar with them like and part of that's i guess because we're watching the extended editions but like there's a there's a lot going on oh yeah these are dense movies um i don't know well plus you have to be you have to be ready and willing for new stuff because like the first one doesn't really go into rohan or the politics of rohan then suddenly it's just kind of thrust upon you in this one and then like everything with the 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 ends and all that and it's like whoa hold on slow down we're, yeah. we're getting too much here which is what i'm saying is that i think i don't actually feel that way this i think if you have that mentality you're probably fine with that because it's just like all right here's elf dude he's he's brought archers we've established who he is he's a yeah. good guy go like i i think we don't necessarily need that much it'd be nice if we if, if he was a more established character i do also wonder with with the arwen stuff if if they did reshoots 
or if they were somehow able to just edit her out of the movie. I don't know. That would be really, really amazing if they were able to just cut her out, like, no reshoots at all. Yeah. How would she be involved at the end? Like, it raises too many questions. I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> and then, like, what, were her, what would her role be in the third movie? I have no idea. I got nothing. Weird. Yeah. Some weird footage. All right, moving on. Let's get to, let's get to the Frodo Sam Faramir stuff, and then we. Oh, that, that that's one useful bit of, of extended edition stuff. I, the Boromir Faramir flashback stuff, I, I think, yeah. is very yeah. very important. There, um, where Faramir is in Osgiliath, and we we learn that Denethor thinks Faramir is a punk and yeah. doesn't care about him. And, he yeah. sends Baromir out on his mission to go get the ring mm-hmm. for Gondor. Yeah. Makes me respect Baromir a lot more. Mm-hmm. Also, there's the weird semi-dream sequence where Faramir finds Baromir's body in the boat. Yeah. Kind of strange. You're kind of strange. We're on a podcast discussing The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, as our 102nd episode. Something kind of weird about both of us. No, just you. Okay. I'm getting paid for this. Oh, yeah, by Disney, right? Yeah. Even though this is in no way a Disney franchise. Yet? See, you give <laughs> you give Star Wars The Last Jedi a C plus, and suddenly your Disney checks stop coming. I don't know what's up with that. Well dried up, didn't it? <laughs> Goes and watches Han Solo. A plus. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, guys, this is my genuine opinion. That's going to be the best part when you love Solo. And then you're going to have to be like, I promise I actually like it. Anyway. <laughs> I oh, remember, Faramir, considering he shows up in, like, the second half of the movie, mm-hmm. like, his first scene is the last scene of the, the first disc. Right. For the extended editions. Like, it, he is a fully-fledged character arc, and it doesn't yeah. feel, like, out of place or anything. It just feels like a natural part of the story. Uh, it works well. It's an interesting angle. I don't know. I think some well, of I, that I, is... I like, a... I like the, how they have a man who is, who, who is like, truly tempted by the ring, and he's able to turn it down. Yeah. I, I like how it's not just, oh, all men are easily corrupted. Yeah. Like, a, a, any one of them would, would easily try to take the ring from Frodo. I, I like how it's like, no, that's, that's not 100% accurate. I believe there's a, a, there's a point of contention there with like the book. I want to say he's initi- he's he's a lot more forgiving from the start. Yeah, like he's just sort of like, okay, you got you guys have some PB and J's. Go good good luck, guys. I believe in you, and and just sort of like sends them on their way. Ah uh, yes, um, PB and J's, <laughs> fantasy PB and J's. <laughs> They've got little sparkles on top. <laughs> It's literally a PB&J sandwich, but it's got little sparkles they're, on it. They're top. elven PB&Js. Oh, okay. See that? Now you're talking sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, I want to say, I could be completely off on this, but I want to say there's something along those lines where it's like, people don't like the fact that he's like initially a lot more like Barmir, where he's kind of like, eh, I kind of want to take this back because my father will like me now. And that sounds nice. But then... I mean like a character flaw where he's trying to prove himself? Yeah. Like, which is... That sounds more interesting to me. I I don't remember how it goes down in the book or anything like that. But I think it works perfectly fine here. Especially considering we don't know this character very well. And it's nice to to 
get this character from a certain area and like move like i don't know it helps us to get in get invested in this character a lot more quickly because we're kind of like oh we don't like him very much and then we're kind of like oh hey we kind of like him also there's a little extended bit that actually plays into something in the third movie where um he asks where they're going Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, Gollum says yeah. there's a path up these winding stairs. Yeah. And he's like, are you talking about Kira Thungol? Yeah. And Gollum's like, yeah. <laughs> In the third movie, he tells Gandalf and Pippin that they're heading toward Kira Thungol. But without that scene, it's like, how does he know? It's just sort of like, oh, they told him off screen. They headed south. I guess that's where they're going. <laughs> also, I really like the scene where they reach the Black Gate and they're about to go in and then Gollum stops them. Like, I, I like that whole bit and then Sam yep. falls and he falls into the rocks and then they have to use their elven cloaks yep. to shield themselves. It's nice. Uh-huh. I like how we start to see like the inner workings of, of Mordor without yeah. actually having getting into Mordor. Getting into yeah. Mordor. yeah. Pretty good. Alright. <laughs> I have I have no disagreements here. Do we have anything else we want to talk about? I, f- I feel like we've kind of covered everything. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I was going to ask more about the Ents, just to kind of. Carl Urban is in this movie. Oh yeah, Carl Urban is in this movie, and you know what? He ain't the worst thing ever, like Scourge and Thor Ragnarok. Am I right? No. (laughs) Scourge is fine in that movie. (laughs) I overreact. I don't believe you. Well, I, I, I. Obviously, this is way before Carl Urban was even a thing. And right. even even now, it's kind of arguable whether or not he's even a thing. <laughs> he's just a really good actor who, who keeps getting bit parts. He's he's a very a very hipster thing. People are like, I feel is like... Is he a hipster thing? Not necessarily like, you're, if you like Carl Urban, you're a hipster. But he's a very much like a, oh man, my favorite actor is Carl Urban. Like, Judge Dredd, have you seen that movie? Oh, it's so good. Like, It's just called Dredd. This is how you know that this is a hypocritical history. Judge Dredd actually... is the Stallone movie from the mid-90s that we don't talk about. That's what that's what I'm talking about. He's These are two separate thoughts. He's saying, I love Carl Urban. I also love the Sylvester Stallone Judge Dredd movie. <laughs> All right, now you're starting to make sense. All right, I follow. Anyway, I feel I feel like that's where he is as an actor, where he's like, he's only... Because, like, he's, he's in, he's in the Star pick. Trek movies. He's my pick for Batman. Yeah. I feel like somebody will give him something eventually where it will he'll, he'll kind of... He's probably too old now for anything other than yeah. bones. Yeah, he's fine. <laughs> he'll, he'll make something happen. He'll be good. Be good. Yeah. Just play Galactus. <laughs> okay. Even though he's already played Scourge? Yeah. We've done it before. It's fine. Okay, fine. <laughs> I give it a pass. Anyway. I mean, he doesn't really get that much to do in this movie. It's a really cool moment in the third movie, which we will get to. Yep. The other thing is that this is the middle movie. Even though it does have a fairly contained beginning, middle, and end, I guess. Yeah. Or I guess beginning and build to end. Yeah. It it Like it's 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 a satisfying story in its own right, but it's it's really it really does feel incomplete. Um For me it's it's really all comes down to pacing. I feel like the the movie's just too dragged out in a way that the first one wasn't. Sure. Um, Do you think you'd feel that way if you watched the theatrical edition? Probably not. I, I feel like the theatrical edition is the better version uh-huh. as opposed to Fellowship. I don't know. I don't know about Return. Of the what King. if we'll have you to watch, watch the first disc of the normal edition 
then watch the second disc of the the, of the uh, extended edition. Do you think that would be satisfying? I believe for the theatrical cuts, they're all only just one disc. What so if you're you telling broke me to, the disc so you're, tell, <laughs> so you're telling me to watch the theatrical cut all the way through, and then just the second half of the extended version? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's correct. Or to just break it in half. I could do that too. Or if you watched up until the scene that ends the, the scene in the extended... But what if the batteries don't work in my remote controller no more? That sounds like a personal problem. I've tried to get you here. I've tried to, I've tried to give you the solution you need. You won't accept it. Well, it's just, it's just weird because for the longest time I'm like, yeah, I think the extended cuts, they're kind of the definitive versions yeah. of these movies. Which most people would agree with. And I, I, I do feel like the theatrical version for this movie for the most part is the better yeah. cut. Maybe. I don't know. In the famous words of Benicio del Toro in Star Wars The Last Jedi. Maybe. You don't see me quoting The Last Jedi. That's all I'm saying. And that's why I don't get the Disney checks no more. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so let's do grades. Um, I, this, this might seem harsh... But like I said at the beginning, I, I would probably be this focusing... This might seem harsh, but I'm I mean... going to give it an F-. minus. <laughs> oh my god! No, no, that's the Hobbit part three. Sure, sure. I'm going to go A-. minus. I'm going to go A+. Plus. No, okay. I, I think all three of these movies are getting an A+. Plus for me. I, they're just too good. They're okay. just too good. Um, and I am... I have a hard time separating it between the two different cuts... The way that I'd have to watch the theatrical cut again. Sure. But the way that currently sits in my mind, that would probably be an A. Okay. Fellowship, either version is probably still an A plus. Sure. I don't know. It's it's weird. Um, what about Return of the King? This would be interesting. I, I know. I know you haven't created it yet, but like, I don't know. We'll have to watch it. Because Return of the King, like, I recognize it's like this five hour, just it's long. Yeah. But it's just kind of like. It's a wonderful slog. Right. Like it's it's right. beautiful in how long it is. Like I always it's, look at it as this this huge behemoth. Like I don't watch it very much just because like it takes a lot uh -huh. to get invested. Is it really in. that much longer than the other two? It feels like it anyway. Okay. Cuz I know I know the first and second theatrical cuts were like 3 3 hours or yes. thereabouts and then the third one is like 3 and a half yeah. or like 3 hours 20 something like that. Um so it, I I do believe it is out of it is the longest. It's incredible to me that there is literally at least enough cut content across these movies for one more theatrical movie, if not another extended movie. Like, yeah. Between, because, and we'll talk about this in Return of the King, how Return of the King doesn't even have the the final ending, <laughs> final, final ending from the book. Yeah. Do you know about that whole yeah. deal? With, like, stuff happening in the Shire? Like, Which I'm very glad that they cut out. No, I agree. I, th I don't think that it needs to be in there. I don't just, like that at all. It's just fascinating to me that that's there and... Or that's not in there and all that stuff that they cut out of Fellowship. Mm. Like, where that stalls the, the race to Rivendell for so long. Like, yeah. There is a... That's a lot of... I mean, the... The, the book... I, I've, I've been reading through it recently. Uh, they don't leave Rivendell until literally over a quarter of the way through the entire trilogy <laughs> like they cut some stuff it, I, I don't know it's fascinating to me it, it i was talking about this with someone the other day i feel like this is the um best like book to movie adaptation 
Yeah. Ever. Well, <laughs> because I, I think the, the biggest thing is you can watch these without reading the books, and you're yes. pretty much just as well off. Yes. Yeah. And I would argue even something like Harry Potter, you're better off reading the books. Yeah. Like, there's just too yeah. much left out. Yeah. And there, there's... there's there's too many little things that are dropped between movies that aren't that are that need to be picked up by others, but it's just kind of weird. Right. I, right. I don't know. I feel like this is the most like comprehensive covering yeah. of source material. I agree. Where they they, they get like even everything. even something like we like Watchmen. Yeah. But the graphic novel is better. Yeah. Just because there's just there's just so much stuff. Yeah. It's more. It's more. It has more depth to it. Yeah. Um, Game of Thrones. That's something, that's something that I would imagine a lot of people are like immediately like that's another example of something where the, the show sucks and the books are better the books are never going to be finished I've, I think I ranted about this for like 20 minutes on a, a recent episode I don't remember what it was but it, I think it, it was bears, the last it, episode was it really last? oh yeah, that's right because we didn't get into it yeah you went on uh, about Game it's of been Thrones a little for like 20 recorded. minutes yeah yeah um, don't do that again I won't it, it, but it's interesting that I brought it up again without even like thinking about that because of the oh what's fact. that our HBO checks are coming in now <laughs> that but you shill because of the fact that the adaptation of this movie is the, these movies is they're just so good I don't really know how they did it and it's clear that they I whatever you want to say about oh they forgot Tom Bombadil and I don't know there's st- the book is amazing I love the book I'm rereading it right now but these movies are also incredible and if you hate them, you're wrong. I'm never going to read the books. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've tried, and yep. I've tried, and I've tried. I just, that is not a writing style I like. <laughs> Good stuff. I wonder if the Twilight movies are better than the books. Just because it's less, it's less of a time investment. True. You can get through those movies. We're gonna movies. end up doing Twilight eventually. You and can I'm gonna get be like, through those movies happening? faster than you can read those books, right? Very true. Maybe. I don't know. I have picked up those book, the the first book, like once, and I, the first page, I was like, "This got published." <laughs> <laughs> like the the actual. And then you look at the fanfic Fifty Shades, and you're like, <laughs> "Wait, that this guy? Wait, wait, hold on, hold on." Not only did this get official, the fanfic of it got published too. I'm just waiting for the fanfic of the fanfic. I, I you know, that, we should write it. It'll be good. <laughs> we we need to come full circle. Writing a fanfic of Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> we need to come full circle and make it good again. <laughs> make Fifty Shades of Grey great again. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Great again. It's 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 gonna be good. <laughs> oh now we're, oh. Never mind. I'm not gonna do that. That's There's three the, of them. There's three of them. I was gonna say we make a whole political thing out of it where we have like it's about Trump and stuff. <laughs> I'm not gonna get into it. All right, so we're gonna do a Purge Fifty Shades crossover. <laughs> I'm. I'm I, say, I feel like I've mentioned this to you recently. Hollywood just needs to start combining franchises. They need to just start being like, screw it. We're going to do Aliens, Terminator, Back to the Future, and Predators. See, the problem is they, they keep trying to build these cinematic universes from the ground up. No, just do stupid crossovers. Do it. Just do it. It's going to be fun. Just have them you be out of continuity. properties, make those properties And it doesn't work. matter if they suck. Just say they're out of continuity. Make a, make Alien vs. Predator, out of continuity. Sure. 
I'll never watch it again. I, I really want. I really want to make. I really want to see somebody make or make myself a Back to the Future Terminator Alien Predator crossover. I need that. I really need that. And the Mummy. And the Mummy. No, 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 no. Those four are all under. And Brendan Fraser. Just, just <laughs> Brendan Fraser. The franchise. Or George of the Jungle. No, Brendan Fraser. I wonder if George of the Jungle holds up. I'm going to say absolutely. <laughs> well, the best, the best part is the bad guy in that is Thomas Hayden Church, the Sandman from Spider-Man 3. He's the, he's the, the, the preppy, rich, white, uh, like, a uh, jerk guy. I'm going to repeat absolutely. <laughs> There's a movie coming out with... The, uh, this is completely unrelated, but you mentioned Thomas Hayden... Church. His name had Hayden... A CH. Hayden Christensen... Oh, God. ...is in a movie coming out that is apparently like a sequel to Mystic Pizza, which is some movie that I have no like context for, but the cover of it, like the, the poster for it, looks like it was made in like the early 2000s. It's called like Little Italy or something something like that, and Hayden Christensen is on it, and it's... I'd, I'd like to cut to it, and it's like the beautiful painted pictures of the star wars prequels but it's just for this <laughs> this sequel the mystic pizza lord give them the contact information you can find us online at here come the sequels.blogspot.com you can find us through email at here come the sequels at gmail.com you can find us on twitter at hcg sequels and you can find us on itunes and youtube you're just gonna have to search because it's gonna be fine just, just search here come the sequels you can type we didn't really talk about the opening scene where Gandalf fights the Balrog. Oh, right. It's freaking cool. 